You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. Today we are in week number three of a series that we've called Living Large, and it's a series about what the Bible has to say about generosity. And here's our theme verse in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. It says that the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy, if you keep everything for yourself, that world actually gets smaller and smaller. And how many of you know, just by show of hands, that this is so countercultural? Like this is incredibly opposite from what culture tries to tell us, because culture says that living large is really about what you can get. But the Bible says the exact opposite. The Bible says that living large is about what you can give. Uh, the late, great Winston Churchill, he actually put it this way, that we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. And then Jesus actually puts it this way in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And that's why one of our 10 values as a church, Jasmine actually mentioned it when she was up here, and our values answer the question, what makes us uniquely us? It really is the DNA of our church. And one of our 10 values is generosity is our privilege. And I want you to know that that's our posture when it comes to generosity. This is not a series that we've done once every four years, but this is something that's really a rhythm of who we are as a church. This is who we are, Uh, like that we don't have to give, we get to give. It is our privilege to be generous people. And, um, and because generosity is our privilege and because we want to make it crystal clear in this series that we don't want anything from you, that we want everything for you, we want to give away this book, The Blessed Life, uh, by one of my pastors, Pastor Robert Morris. And I, in my humble opinion, it is the best book out there or one of the best books out there about biblical generosity. And uh, we've been giving these away in this series, and we were able to to give a bunch of these away last week, but we have some more. Um, And so if you did not get one, would love for you to pick up one of these. It is for free. We do not want any money. We will not take any money. Uh, But on your way out, actually at our Connect area, it's a living room style room that's right by the front doors, we'll be giving these out. So please, 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 while we have some left, make sure that you get one of these books in your hand uh, because generosity is our privilege and I think it will help you. And that's why we want to get that in your hands, okay? You can get that after church. Okay, Luke chapter 16, we're gonna read some verses and we're gonna have a lot of fun today, okay? So Luke chapter 16, uh, we're gonna start in verse nine. And it says, here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources, this is Jesus talking, to benefit others and make friends. And I just want you to know that we will come back to that at the very end of the message. I'll explain what that means. It says, then when your earthly possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. And then verse 10, I love verse 10. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It is highlighted right here in my Bible. And the only ones that are highlighted in my Bible are the banger verses, okay? And here's what it says in verse 10. Oh, I love this. It says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. And by the way, that is a principle that that really applies to every single area of our life. Some of you right now, you want more leadership in your life. 
Let me just be honest. Unless you're faithful with the little bit of leadership that you have right now, you will never be given more leadership. Some of you right now want more responsibility or maybe a a promotion at work, but you're not being faithful with what you have right now. And I'm telling you, this is a spiritual principle that applies to every single area of our life. But then Jesus goes on to say, but if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And let me explain what the true riches of heaven is, just to make sure we're all on the same page, because there's not a currency in heaven. The true riches of heaven is people. So God says, hey, you want to be trusted with people. Do that. And then verse 12, it says, and if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? So by the way, if you are an entrepreneur in your heart, but you're working for somebody else, highlight that and remember that, okay? And then here's where we're going to focus is verse 13 today. Jesus says, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, that very last word translated money, that's really not the best translation. Older, more literal translations of the Bible uses a totally different word, and it's a word that really isn't used today in 2023. And so let me show you one example of this. This is the New King James Version. It says that no one, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. And then listen to the language change. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. So last, last week, if you were here, uh, we answered the question, what in the world is tithing? And this week, if you're taking notes, I want to answer a different question. And here's the question I want to answer today. What in the world is mammon? Like when we read those words from Jesus, you cannot serve both God and mammon. Well, what in the world is mammon? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for drawing us all here today. We open up our entire life to you and we ask that through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you open up our eyes to see you, and will you help us understand what in the world is mammon? In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Um, Church, I have a confession. Um, There's there's something that is on my heart. There's something that I got to get off my chest to you today. I love 90s music. I just do. There, I said it, I said it. I love 90s music. Does anybody else here love 90s music? Anybody with me? I was born in 1981, so I hit my music prime in the 90s, baby. It's definitely one of my guilty pleasures to this day is to turn on some 90s music because when I hear certain songs, um, I instantly get like transported back straight to junior high and high school. I mean, there's just certain songs that I hear. It is so nostalgic to me, and I go straight back. And this week, as I was preparing 
for this message, man of God. I'm just telling you, God put on my heart, um, he reminded me of this 1990 song um, that's, that's called I Want to Be Rich by Callaway. Um, uh, just, just how many of you know that song? How many of you know I Want to Be Rich? Come on, where, where are my old people at? Just raise your hands up, raise them up high, let everybody see. Uh, how many of you were not even born in 1990? Just raise your hand real high. Just let us see. Hey, I'm young. I got energy. No big deal. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we have more people not born <laughs> in, alive in 1990 than people who have heard of this song. So, uh, so unless you've gone retro and you know this song, I'm about to bless your life uh, because I want to bless your life and not just listen to this song together. I want to show you the original music video. Um, it's going to be about a minute and a half and, uh, <laughs> and there's going to be a long music intro, but I want you to feel it. Okay. I want you to feel it just not, not in your heart, but in your gut. I want you to feel this song. Um, and then we actually put some, the lyrics of the song on top. So here's what I want you to focus on. Whenever the lyrics start, I want you to focus. It's going to be hard, but I want you to focus on the lyrics. There's a lot of 1990 that's in there that's going to distract you, okay? Uh, there's a guy that's doing one-arm curls. I don't know why, but he is, okay? And uh, so you'll, you'll want to be distracted by the 90s of it, but I want you to make sure that you focus on the lyrics. Everybody good? Everybody know the assignment? Okay, so this is about to bless your life so much, okay? Here you go, a minute and a half of the 1990 hit classic, I Want to Be Rich by Callaway. Cash, coal, that's what I need. Man, there's no way that you expected to see that when you came to church today. Um, so, come on, did, did that bless anybody's life right there? I mean, just available on Spotify and all Apple Music. Uh, you can go find it, listen to the whole album, okay? Um, now, here, the last lyric actually stood out to me so much that we just saw. The last lyric, here's what he said. He said, I want to be rich uh, for a little love peace, and happiness. Now, here's my assignment today. My assignment today is to show you that this song is not talking about money. 
It's not. This song is actually talking about mammon. So the question is, what in the world is mammon? Three things. Write these things down. Number one, mammon is not money. Mammon is not money. Uh, Mammon and money are not the same thing. Mammon is not a synonym of money. Uh, So, for example, you do not go to Fifth Third and say, I would like to deposit 500 mammon, please. Uh, you don't go to your bank and say, hey, can I, can I, can I withdraw about 750 mammon? Uh, that's not because, because they're not the same thing. Mammon and money are not the same thing. Uh, mammon is so much more than money. Uh, this word, it actually is an Arama- Aramaic word, which means riches, but it originates from a Syrian false god with the same exact name, the name mammon. Now, this word mammon is only used four times in the Bible, all by Jesus, by the way, and three are in the verses that we just read in Luke chapter 16, and the other is in Matthew, and it is the same exact moment as Luke chapter 16. So every other time that you see the word money that's used in the New Testament, it is a different Greek word. So let me show you uh, Luke chapter 16, verse 13. It's what we just read. It says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Now, that Greek word is the word mamonas, not mamosas, okay? Uh, You cannot serve both God and mamosas, too. Uh, That's a different message. It says, you cannot serve both God and mammon, and it's mamonas. That's the Greek word that's there. Uh, Let me show you this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. It says, teach those who are rich in this world uh, not to be proud and not to trust in their money. Now, that word right there is the Greek word plutos. Okay, plutos. Okay, plutos. And it's translated money. It says, so do not trust in the money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. So I want you to see and I want you to understand that mammon and money are not the same thing. Like, they're just not. They're not even grammatically the same thing. They're different words in the original language. Even if your Bible translates it the same, it's, it's a totally different word. And here's what you need to understand. God isn't anti-money. God is anti-mammon. Now, some people think that the Bible actually says that money is the root of all evil. They're like, Pastor Brian, doesn't, doesn't, it, doesn't the Bible say that? Doesn't the Bible say that money is the root of all evil? No, it doesn't. Read your Bible, people, uh, because here's what it says. <laughs> In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, it doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says, for the love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. It doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says the love. In other words, the worship, the adoration, the obsession of money is the root of all evil, because mammon is not money. So if it's not money, what in the world is it? Number two, you need to understand that mammon is a spirit. It's a spirit. In fact, in John Milton's famous poem, Paradise Lost, which was originally published in 1667, he paints a detailed picture of hell that shows Satan surrounded by demons, and one of the demons' name in Paradise Lost was Mammon. Because Mammon is a spirit. 
Let me say it another way, that this isn't a financial thing. This is a spiritual thing. In C.S. Lewis, he actually says this. He says, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils or spirits or demons. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves, meaning the spirits, the demons, are equally pleased with both errors. In other words, he says that there are two extremes when it comes to this subject. One, I like to call it the over-spiritual approach. It's where everything is the devil. You ever met any of those people? Don't point at anybody in the room, okay? It's where everything is the devil. Everything is blamed on demons. And so if you get a runny nose, demon. If you hit traffic on your way into work, it's, it's a demon. It's a, the traffic demon came up and slowed you down. Quarterback goes down with an injury, demon, that's what happened. <laughs> demon, blame the devil, okay? It's the over, sorry, sorry. God, God, heal our, heal our, heal our sports hurt right now in Jesus' name, um, which is different than normal hurt. It's sports hurt, okay? Um, well, we still feel it. Um, so there's the, the over-spiritual approach, but then there's a, another, like on the, the, the far side of the pendulum, the, the other side is the under-spiritual approach. It's, it's where, it's where the, the devil and demons, they just don't exist. I mean, that's not even a real, a real thing. And just let me make this clear, both are unhealthy. So if you've ever wondered where we are as a church when it comes to this pendulum, we're, we're neither extreme. Let me tell you, we believe in this. And we believe that this is the perfect, infallible word of God. We believe it's alive and it's active. We believe it speaks to every area of our life in every season of our life. And we believe it's true. We believe it's timeless. And this says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, that we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And what we need to understand today is that mammon is one of those spirits. And it's a spirit that actually rests on money. Here's what we have to understand today, that mammon is a spirit that says, I don't need God if I have money. That is what the spirit of mammon is all about. This spirit is saying, I don't need God if I have money. And let me just tell you, that's a lie. Because mammon, just like the devil, is a liar. Mammon is constantly trying to tell you lies. Lies like, if you had more money, all your problems would go away. If you had more money, people would respect you more. If you had more money, you could do whatever you want. Lies like if you drove the right car, lived in the right house, in the right neighborhood, in the right zip code, if you got the right job with the right salary, if you wore the right name brand clothes that have the right tags on them, if you had the latest and greatest technology, then you'd finally be happy and fulfilled. It's a lie. And here's, by the way, one of the biggest lies of mammon. You ready for this? If you had more money, you could help more people. Oh, yeah. Mammon will get spiritual on you real quick. And that's a lie. That's a lie that if you had more money, 
you could help more people. But I'll submit to you that if you don't help people with what you have now, you'll never have more. Because of what Jesus says in Luke chapter 16. If you're not faithful with what you have now, what makes you think that you're going to get more? And be in trust. Get this. All throughout the Gospels, the eyewitness accounts of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all throughout the Gospels, Jesus never, 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 never told anyone that they needed more money. Out of all the people he helped, I mean, thousands and thousands of people that Jesus helped in the Gospels. He helped sick people, hungry people, lame people, blind people, desperate people, poor people, lost people. And I want you to know that his answer was never, you know what you need? You know what's going to be the solution to your problems? You need more money. That's the answer to your problems. And here's why. Because that's, that's because money is not the answer to our problems. Listen, church, God is. Money is never the answer to our problems. God is. So what in the world is mammon? Number one, mammon is not money. Number two, mammon is a spirit. And number three, mammon is always trying to take the place of God. That is what the spirit of mammon is trying to do. It's always trying to take the place of God. Now, this week I came across some artwork of mammon. And by the way, I love art. If you are an artist in here, I just want you to hear straight from my heart, our church loves you and our church values what you do. Like art is so important to culture. And I just want you to hear like, I love art. It's so powerful. Like art has a way of articulating truth in a way that speaks to our soul in such a unique way. And this week I was able to find two art pieces of mammon. And I want you to see these. Here's the first one. The first one is this. And I want you to see that it's literally a, a woman that is literally, it, it, is, it is worshiping this, this false god. Let, let, show the other one. The other one is, is you see, and it's, it's almost like a, a man and a woman, and they're, they're bowing down, and they're at the feet of this false god, this false spirit. Listen, mammon is always trying to take the place of God. And that's why Jesus uses such strong language in Luke chapter 16, verse 13, where he says, no servant can serve two masters. You cannot do it. It's impossible. For either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot. Listen, it doesn't say you should not. It says you cannot serve God and mammon. Now, here's what that tells me. Because this verse clearly says, like I see three things in that one statement. Number one, that mammon is looking for servants. Number two, that it is possible to serve mammon instead of God. And then number three, it's impossible to serve both at the same time. You can't do it. Like there's no middle ground. Like, there's no halfway in, halfway out. There's no divided loyalty. We cannot serve two masters any more than we can walk in two directions at the same exact time. We can't do it. And so, just to help this come alive a little bit, uh, I, I, want, I want you to get a picture of what this is actually looking like. And I want you to see that there's no way that you can serve two masters. And I'm going to need some help. Um, and so, I'm going to ask you, Mike... Uh, to help me. So would you come up 
and just kind of stand right here, right on the floor in the center. I'm also going to ask Jasmine uh, to help me with this. And so everybody say, Mike on, hi, Mike, on the count of three. One, two, three. Okay, so you're going to help me. Now, here, here is your assignment, Mike. Your assignment is simple. I just need you to do everything I say. That's it. I'm not going to ask you to do anything crazy. I'm not going to do anything that goes against your standards of morality or anything like that. I just want you to do everything that I say. That's all I need you to do. But I also need you to do one other thing. I need you to do everything that Jasmine tells you to do. That's it. You got it? Okay, you guys know what this assignment is. Okay, Mike is going to literally do everything I say, and his assignment is to do everything that Jasmine says. So just to start off, all I need you to do is I need you to just turn and face me completely. Just turn and face hey, Mike, me. If you actually would, would completely. you just turn and face me? Yeah, no, right. Mike, Perfect. I don't know if you are getting this assignment. I'm Thank asking you. you to face me first, and then I need you to slowly start to walk towards me. Very slow. Hey, Mike, very while you're doing that, if you could just moonwalk back this way. Just no. <laughs> back this perfect. No, no I need great. you to stop. I need you to stop, and then why don't uh, right foot l- let stomp? All right, and left foot let stomp. Okay, cha cha real, real smooth. smooth okay, now. yes, yes, Turn yes, it yes, out. yes, 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 yes. Okay, come on, can you clap your hands for Mike? I want you to see, church, that there is no way that we can serve two masters. That's what Jesus says in this passage. And we cannot serve two masters any more than we can walk in two directions or listen to two different people at the same exact time. And Jesus says, you cannot serve both God and mammon. And that's because mammon is the opposite of God. Let me show you. Mammon says to take and God says to give. Mammon says, be selfish, and God says, be selfless. Mammon says, get what's yours, and God says, give what's mine. Mammon says, be greedy, and God says, be generous. Mammon says, trust in money, and God says, trust in me. You see, they're opposite. Let me say it this way. Mammon promises to give us what only God can give us. Why don't you write that principle down? Mammon promises to give us what only God can give us. So things like, listen, things like security, significance, identity, freedom, happiness, peace, power, fulfillment, Listen, if you've ever thought that if you just got more, that, that you needed more money to get these things, that I, what I need is I need more money, and then I'll be more secure. We even have a term for it, right? Financial what? Security. Our security doesn't come from money. Our security comes from God. So if you've ever thought, man, I need more money to have more significance, or to be happy, or to have freedom, or to experience fulfillment, I want you to understand that's mammon. Because mammon promises to give us what only God can give us. 
I want you to hear me loud and clear. Mammon can never deliver on its promises. Every single time, mammon overpromises and underdelivers because we do not get those things from money. We get those things from God because the truth is God is the only one who can provide everything that we need. I want you to understand this. Money is a wonderful servant, a terrible master, and an awful God. And I want that to sink deep into your heart today. It's a wonderful servant when you're in charge, a terrible master, and an awful, awful, awful God. So you may be thinking, okay, that's great, cool. Great, Pastor Brian, solid theological teaching on mammon. So what? You may be sitting there thinking, so what does this have to do with my life? Like practically, how do I make sure that I'm not serving mammon? And let me just tell you, this is somebody who has been there and done that. The best way I know how to make sure that I'm not serving mammon is to go back to what we talked about last week, to go back to tithing, where you return your first and best 10% of your income back to God, believing that he will bless the rest. Because in, in my experience, it is the most practical, tangible way to put God first in my life. It is, is the most practical way to trust God as your provider and to make sure that you're not serving that spirit of mammon. Let me say it this way. I think it is the best way to make sure what you have doesn't have you. I, I, I really do. I think it's the best. So let me end with this. Keys are going to come up. Um, let me end with this because I want to go back to the, to the verse that we talked about at the very beginning. Now, I'm fully convinced that what we're talking about in this series and what we're talking about specifically today, I believe with all my heart that, that the devil is scared to death of you getting this. I think he wants to keep you confused and lined up to lies in this area of your life that, by the way, affects every single one of us. There's not one person that's in this room that's listening online that isn't affected by finances and money and we think about it. And so it affects every single one of us. And that's why I believe with all my heart that one, I'm not going to be shy about talking about it because we all need help. We need to know what God says. But then second, I'm fully convinced that this is one of the areas that Satan is scared to death of you understanding and getting and having it in your heart. Let me explain. Let's go back to the very first verse that we read and I'll explain it along the way. I want you to get this. This is such an important, beautiful verse. Luke chapter 16, verse nine. It says, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. And by the way, this doesn't mean to buy friends. Uh, that would be weird, okay? Make friends, that, that word right there. Here's what it literally means. You ready? Like to win lost people to Jesus. It means like to help other people make the most important decision of their life, the decision to follow Jesus. Like there's people in your life right now that don't have a relationship with Jesus, that don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That's what it's talking about. That we can use our resources in a way for that to happen. And isn't that cool? And then it goes on to say this, then 
when your possessions are gone. And by the way, that's gonna happen to every single one of us. I don't care how much you have. I don't care what your retirement is right now. I don't care how much you've saved up in your emergency fund. It doesn't matter. We are all leaving it here. You never, you never, ever, ever, ever see this. You never, ever see. Do we have that picture? Yeah, you never see this. <laughs> you never do. You never see a hearse pulling a U-Haul. But go back to the verse, go back to the verse. But that's not what this verse is even talking about. Uh, this is another one where the translation is, is, is a little bit better in the more older traditional text because another translation actually says, it doesn't say that when your possessions are gone, it says this, it says when you fail. When you fail. And that doesn't mean like, oh, you made a mistake. When you fail, it literally means the day you die. That's the literal translation of this verse, which by the way, is coming for every single one of us. I literally talked to somebody yesterday. No, I'm sorry, on Friday, on Friday, that was just reminded of how short life is. The Bible says that it's a mist that's here today and gone tomorrow, that that's our lifespan. And so that's coming for every single one of us, like it or not. So this verse literally says that that when you fail, that on the day that you die, listen to what it says, they. I want you to underline that in your Bible. They, they will welcome you to an eternal home, to heaven. Notice that it doesn't say that your money will welcome you to heaven. It says they will welcome you to heaven. Here's what this verse is saying. Oh, this is so cool. This verse is saying that you can take your money and you can invest it into the kingdom of God. And then God will use that generosity to share the good news of the gospel, the message of Jesus to a whole lot of people in your life and all around the world, people you know and people you don't know. And the result will be that people's lives will be forever changed. And then, oh, this is so cool. Then when your time on earth is done and you go to heaven, there's gonna be a welcoming party there where you will be greeted by people who are in heaven because of your generosity. Like, I want you to picture this. Somebody is gonna walk, this whole crowd of people, and one person's gonna step up, and somebody's gonna walk up to you that you've never met before, you don't recognize them, and they're gonna say, hey, can I introduce myself to you? My name is John. We've never met before. Welcome to heaven. By the way, it's awesome here. You're gonna love it. And he's gonna say, Remember that Legacy Sunday in 2023 where you and your spouse prayed about what to give? And then you stepped out in faith and you gave the biggest offering you've ever given? Well, part of that offering went to help plant a church in Little Rock, Arkansas. Well, I want you to know that I didn't show up till week seven, but I showed up on week seven very reluctantly. I'd given up on God, I'd given up on church, but somebody told me about this brand new church that was meeting in a high school. And so I thought, okay, fine, I'll go once, I'll give it a shot. And I sat in the back, I didn't sing during worship. I crossed my arms the whole time. My body language was saying, I don't wanna be here. 
But then during the message, the guy stood up and he talked about Jesus. And I heard the gospel. And on that day, I made the decision to follow him for the rest of my life. And now I want you to know that I'm here because of you and your generosity. And I just wanted to say thank you. And then somebody else will step up who's standing right behind him say, hey, we've never met before either. But do you remember that six month stretch when your finances were tight, but you were still faithful to give your tithe to Queen City Church? Well, because you did that, they were able to do a special youth event that my eighth grade daughter ended up going to. And she was instantly welcomed and accepted and loved on by the entire youth dream team. She's never felt that way before, ever. Then a guy named Jared, he shared about the gospel and she gave her life to Jesus. And her life was never the same after that one moment as an eighth grader at youth. She was so on fire for God and the church that I ended up having to go check it out for myself just to make sure that that place wasn't crazy and that it wasn't a cult. So I went with her on a Sunday and you were there too, but you actually went to the other service. But on that day I went and I heard how much God loves me and that he gave his only son Jesus so that I could have a relationship with him. And I made a decision to follow Jesus on that day. And not only that, it didn't end there. I ended up bringing my two other kids and they heard about Jesus and Queen City Kids. And then three weeks later, I got my husband to come who had never been to church before in his life. And he gave his life to Jesus. So our family, our lives were forever changed because of your generosity. And I just wanna say thank you. And then somebody else will be standing right behind them. And they'll say, remember when wildfires erupted in Hawaii in early 2023? I was actually there, that's where I lived and my life was completely destroyed. I lost everything. But your church immediately responded by giving to a ministry that helped meet tangible needs when I was at my lowest. And how I was helped, loved, and taken care of. It not only changed my situation, not only did it give me hope, it changed my life. And my life was never the same after I got helped. And I just wanna say, in my darkest of moments, you and your generosity was there. And I just wanted to say thank you. And person after person after person will tell you their story of how your generosity changed their life. Thank you so much. I know that it wasn't always easy. I know that it was a sacrifice. I know that you didn't always have a lot to give, but you still gave, you still invested, you still invested into the kingdom of God. You were still faithful, you were still generous. And listen, you didn't make your faith just about yourself. You didn't make just following Jesus, like selfish, like you were selfless. You made it not just about you, but about others. And you need to know that it eternally changed my life. And I just wanted to say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is what Jesus is saying in Luke chapter 16. And this is why I believe with all my heart, heart and soul, that the devil is so petrified of you getting this today because he knows that God can use your generosity. He can use your giving. He can use your tithing. He can use a legacy 
legacy offering to forever change people's lives, to make an eternal difference and to leave a lasting legacy that get this, that far outlasts you and I. That's what Jesus is saying here today. If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at Queen City People or visit queencitypeople.com.